Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the AI Live podcast. Here we'll be talking all things aesthetics, fillers, threads, neurotoxins, techniques, and interviewing people in the aesthetic community. So thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. Good evening, everybody, and hello. welcome to AI Live. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us today. Another AI Live. Another AI Live. <laughs> I'm Lori Robertson. This is Dr. Kwok. Our, we're partners hello. in crime and uh, in the, our businesses, and we, uh, we're bring, coming to you and bringing you something really interesting to kind of discuss tonight. Yeah, I think for me, more, more and more as I'm watching and observing through just i guess being in the industry for as long as we both have um just watching the way it's changed i think watching the way um the i guess the whole talk with regards to just what we're focusing on in in mm -hmm. our field of aesthetics i think we've focused a lot on techniques anatomy a lot on just hard science data blah 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 and we've lost focus of art we've lost focus and i mean this doesn't even just go to to the aesthetic field i think medicine in general has lost art we've become algorithmic you go mm -hmm. in for it's chest cookbook. pain and it's like bloop, bloop 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 there's no thought pattern into it um, and it's it's kind of making me very very sad and very disillusioned, especially in our field, which is really about beauty. Yeah, you can say you can take it to vanity, but it's about beauty, bringing confidence back into our patients' lives. Um, and I think we're really really getting lost in the whole world of just knowing, 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 like hard facts yeah. and how to do it to the point where when we're teaching is like okay how much am i putting point one point one right point one there instead of okay well take a step back what are you trying to create what are you trying to get for your patients i think that has started to really 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 be lost um in this field and it's really sad i think it takes a while though and we're gonna kind of get into this but i i i remember when we started in medicine and nursing and it was kind of cookie cutter it was kind of cookbook it was like okay if this happens a then we go to b then we go to c then we go to d and that's kind of how you memorize things but then as we become better at what we're doing it comes more naturally and you start to go oh wait a doesn't have to go to b this way it can go by way of this way right. and we can get to c by this direction and we can always we can we can find different ways to accommodate to different types of people and health issues and yeah. anatomical differences. So we're going to kind of get into that because yep. it's so important to, you can learn by paint by number. You know, I put this much here, this much here, but then you, we, you've got to progress into stepping back mm. and looking at that holistic picture and looking at that patient. So yeah. we're kind of going to, we're going to get all into that tonight. Yep. So get we ready. We'll jump into <laughs> it. You guys, this is one of those topics I would love you guys feedback from where you're, you know, kind of where you are at in your career, where you are at um, with regards to all of this stuff, um, because you know, we're, we, we, we speak at conferences all the time, and I think that's where a lot of my, my thing with regards to this topic is really, really centered on. I think, yes, what Lori says in the beginning, 
blah, 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 but we'll get into it. So we are going to jump into our topic of tonight, which is the artistry of aesthetics. Okay. So as we talked about it, you know, the artistry, I, I think is slowly getting lost. I think everybody now that we i go around and train and we do private trainings we do trainings for a lot of different companies a lot of it's just focused on how to inject it what the rheologies are the anatomy uh, all of this boom 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 which is great talking about vascular occlusions talking about all of the science of it i hear very 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 little about the artistry of aesthetics and i get uh, the and i get it it's very hard to talk about artistry you know artistry still is in the eye of the beholder but i think that you know really really learning the basic foundations and stuff what we're doing is great but doing that and replicating on every single patient is also not proper because that person may not look good with what you typically do and it's your job to individualize it to what is going to highlight and bring out what is best features on that patient okay and so we're going to jump into it so basically what is artistry artistry is is not just about beauty it's about the emotional and sensory experience or feelings that can art can evoke so everything that we're doing with somebody is going to really stimulate some kind of an emotional component uh, yep. and a, a self-perception, a, a sensory c- kind of a component within that yeah. person. Um, it's, we need to be able to communicate with the, our patient. So when we say artists realize the ability of an artist to communicate a certain feeling or mood through their work, that's general art, yes, but we really want our patient to be happy, to feel better about themselves, to have a, a better self-perception. Um, it's very, very important. And keep in mind, art is very subjective, like you mentioned. Yes. It's very subjective. And what one person sees as attractive or what one culture sees as attractive might not be what another culture views as attractive. So we have to, as aesthetic providers, we have to respect what people deem personally to be attractive in their own history, culture, ethnicity, everything. Yep. It, and that and that definitely is, is huge because mm-hmm. I see um, at one of my clinics all all a majority of ninety eight percent of them are Asian clients, and the way I inject my Asian clients is hugely different than how I address my Hispanic, my Caucasian population, my Black population. It is very different, and you know, and it's not that just because they're this ethnicity that we need to do it that way. There, there is a talk through there is a communication there's an individualization because i get some uh, asian clients who are like you know what? i grew up here in the u.s and i like the aesthetic of the caucasian really high cheekbones and and really defined chins and a little bit more gaunt looking that's what they're looking for but my traditional asian wants a little bit more of mid cheek a little bit more rounder fuller in the sense that still keeps that v-shape and still keeps that triangle but it gives them a more youthful i say more baby look um than what the traditional high contour cheekbone um the look is it's beautiful it's exotic it gives you this sense of that runway model but mm-hmm. is that what your is that what your patient's looking for and i think it's it, it is a talk and it is a feel almost mm-hmm. when the patient walks in and they're very, very 
bougie looking you're like okay maybe this is what i need to create for them but then again you can't get stuck in your track and say oh just because they they walk in this way they look this way in my mind that i'm going to give them this look because they may not like that look they may actually have the complete opposite look that you may think of and so this is where it does come out to the communication aspect of it and and this is one of those talks that really is hopefully you guys spend a little time instead of just cheeks okay cheeks was well, it mid cheek is it middle cheek is it lateral cheek is it way lateral mm -hmm. cheek you need to decide what is going to help the patient get them to what they're looking for not for you to get them to what you think looks good exactly exactly it's so important that we listen to that patient and i always when I, I tell people that when you're doing a consult with somebody um, i want you to talk to them and ask them what what they want what what bothers them what concerns them what do they want to see change and I want you to try to be very quiet for about 30 seconds <laughs> don't say anything just listen to them yep. and listen to what they say uh, find out if they can say anything they like about themselves oh. if somebody doesn't say anything they like about themselves that's kind of a red flag but I think we should be more quiet and use more active listening to yep. really get an idea of what our patients are thinking, how they feel about themselves. It help, it gives us a little clue into what's inside. So it mm -hmm. helps us as providers do a better job with them. And read between the lines. Yep. A lot of, uh, you know, I've, I've encountered patients where they're, where they're like, oh, well, you know, when I ask them, what are the top two? Well, you know, um, this, you know, the, the under eyes, they don't bother me really, but, you know, maybe a little che bigger cheeks and, you know, the under eyes don't bother me, but, you know, maybe the lips and the chin and, you know, they keep running back to something and they're like, it really doesn't bother me, but deep down subconsciously it bothers them because they brought they it up three times. Brought <laughs> it up three times. And so it's really reading behind the lines a lot of times, engaging what is it that the patient is really, really looking for. And I think that's where you start to develop a rapport, helping them educate them on, you know, how every every layer of the face is aging. And that education starts to help the patient buy into a whole complete aesthetic anti-aging regimen versus a one-off 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 and i you know my whole thing nowadays is trying to get my patients off of you know just because i did a beautiful cheek last time this next time one year later i don't necessarily want to just inject that cheek so what if it looked great last time you know everything else is continuing to age and i tell you know if you think about it you did a great breast job when you were 20 years old does that same exact breast job gonna look good when you're 60 70 years old that high nice firm <laughs> no. you know sitting breast is <laughs> not gonna look good as a 60 70 year old you know and so this is where you guys need to start to educate yourself and not get so stuck in on things i think people observe or they hear things and they just get into this you're stuck in this train track mm -hmm. and you just keep running in the same thing i hear all the time oh nasal labial folds inject the cheeks nasal labial fold, inject the cheek it used to be nasal labial fold, inject nasal labial fold. now it's like cheek 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 cheek, 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 cheek. cheek. and chin, i'm like chin, chin, well chin. <laughs> have you looked at the whole picture maybe they need a little bit of temple maybe they do need piriform maybe they need to change it a little bit something else that helps soften out those things you know this is where the artistry of it really really comes into the play and really helping you guys understand that this is 
an art form. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. Um, and I think it, it takes us uh, to focus on detail. You know, yeah. we need to focus on those small details that are innate to everyone's own anatomy. And when we know facial aging, when we understand how faces age, then we know what someone used to look like and what part of their face aged. Was it bone? Was it fat? Is it skin laxity? What is it? And we need to really kind of keep an eye on those details to help kind of help enhance them so they look more like they used to look, yep. not look like an android. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And so what makes, what are the qualities that make you a great artist? Communication is huge. It's, we've, we've, we've belabored. Excellent communication skills. The ability, as Lori said, to listen. If you don't understand what your patient's goals are, you need to stop and go back and rehash that. A lot of times my first thing that I do is I have consultants and they have already prescribed, okay, you were going to do this, they're going to do this. I walk into the room and it's like, as much as I love what the, co what the consultant said, sit down, rehash with me, what are your issues? What bothers you? Because if I don't understand where what bothers them, I can't go ahead and just because my consultant says, oh, we're going to do fillers in their cheeks, I don't know what that really means because I haven't understood what that communication aspect is. Um, and, you know, the technical skill. It's like you can't be an artist if you don't have the skill. Yep. And that skill takes um, quite a while to kind of develop. So don't run before you walk. Yep. It's you know, learn, learn by paint by number, learn slowly by paint by number, and then slowly integrate that all-knowing eye and the perception of, I need to go here, I need to go here, and, and I'm, I'm doing some injectable, and it's, I can see where the tissue's changing, and you're not looking at the syringe, you're looking at the tissue. Yep. And you start to, you start to really develop a more of an artistic eye, and globally, how everything is holistically integrating into that patient's anatomy, and that's where they're going to get the best, the best outcome. Yep. Empathy. Yep. Definitely. And you need to understand the motivations, you know, just because you can inject the patient doesn't mean that you have to inject everything. You know, sometimes there is an emotional component um, for your patients of doing this and really talking them through gives them this this environment for them to feel safe and comfortable to share things with. I mean, nowadays, I mean, I have patients who don't really have any issues that that they really are on their mind. They just want to see me. They just want to talk about their life. <laughs> and the coming along with it is touching up their toxins, yeah. touching up their fillers, touching up their threads. That's kind of what they're looking at. And so, you know, it's your job to understand as the artist, what are the layers that are aging? What can you do? You, you don't, you know, this is a thing. It's like you don't have to always do fillers and toxins. You can do uh you can do things for the skin. You can do things for the hair. All these different things. And, you know, as I, we talked about earlier, you can even do stuff for um, ultimately the inside. And if you guys deem it as part of your practice and you want to do that wellness in that aspect of it. So, you know, that's part of, you know, the empathy. And then, of course, continuous learning is the last, is one of the last things is 
keeping up with the field and you know the guys going to the conferences doing private um trainings with different people i think are are important i mean what are your mm -hmm. thoughts i mean uh, as far as continuous learning where 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 do you think it's great no, from it's <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we need more education <laughs> uh, i think it never ends we will never know it all yeah and i i think that it's it's what we do is all time on tissue and the more time you have treating tissue and the more you see your outcomes the more you see what you're doing and you know we learn from our mistakes so yep. sometimes you might do a chin cut a wonky and you're like, ooh, I don't like that very much. Next time you don't do it wonky. So we all learn from our mistakes. So we kind of slowly come along and it takes a long time to really put it all together. So you guys need to go back to when you first worked as a nurse or a doctor or PA and remember how nervous you were and how, how um, you were not sure of what you were doing in your first rotation or your first job and how um, you felt like kind of a fish out of water. And then as you continued to work there, you kept gaining your self-confidence and then you became really confident at what you were doing. Yep. So allow yourself time with this. But we, what we want you to do is we want you to take your eye and look at the patient a little differently. Look at them globally. Look at their entire face. Don't just look at cheeks. We want you to look at the yep. whole package and look at what they have and look at their anatomy and see what you can do to enhance it and replenish it. That's yeah. really what we're doing. Yeah. Um, part of this is the ethics, of course. Absolutely. You know, ultimately, you know, we are in a field where it is a you know it is retail medicine and Can I get so in my soapbox now? <laughs> you're more than welcome to go for it Lori. <laughs> no, I, I you know i have such a huge issue and i and i go into a lot of clinics and i see people that are just very money oriented and it's they're not patient oriented and we need to remember that this patient is why we are here this patient is who we need to protect it's who we need to do right by we are aesthetic providers and they trust us mm -hmm. and we have we have a responsibility to take care of them and not harm them so we need to make that focus on the patient and what's best for them not on the pocketbook but let me tell you something if you keep your focus on that patient the money will come back to you tenfold because you're being honest and you're putting them first and that means sometimes you say no you don't need it right now but when you do that, they'll come back to you and they'll trust you even more. So don't let your ethical lines blur, as Simon Sinek would say. Nope. Don't blur those ethical lines. We are in an area that we really need to constantly keep our ourselves in check and make sure that our motives are um, forthright. There's my soapbox. <laughs> that being said, yeah. I mean, ultimately, ethics is, is very important. I mean... Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, given how we're aging, I, I, I don't think that there's anything that you could not necessarily do. If they're focused on lips, you can focus on a temple. If you see them temple, you can talk to them about doing their hands, their neck, their decollete. There's so many different areas that you can do stuff on. You work on skin quality. I think a lot of people lack 
doing good mm -hmm. skin quality work. And that's the first thing we see. And people go, well, why do I look like this? I got my toxins. I got my fillers. I still look droopy and, and draggy and sad. And I don't look like what I'm supposed to look like. It's like, well, you didn't work on the quality of skin. You know, when I do threads, how come I'm not, I'm not super tight and pull as well? You know, the, the wrapper, the skin is not as tight as it should be. You know, it l you worked out hard underneath like you worked at the gym, but you put bagging clothes on. You still get the bagging yeah. clothes on. You didn't change it to this nice, tight, shrunk Oh, I love that thing. analogy. <laughs> you worked right? out at the gym, but you're still wearing baggy sweats. Yes. <laughs> I got your body in shape, but you still got back. So facelift or threads? There you go. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of things that you can do that keep it natural, that keep it ethical. Uh, you know, we're aging. That's the plain and simple thing. And there are lots of things from what we do artistically on the face to even, as I said, internally that you could talk about. There, there's just an there's tons of stuff that can yeah. be talked about. Yeah. You know, this is why I, I think as much as ethics are there, there are lots of things if you get educated to educate your patients properly that you can do on your patients. Because there are rarities that you get a patient that can really afford to do everything that you think you can do for them. Right. Right. Rare. And that's why a lot of times we will go step by step and make out a plan for them. Yeah. And they will understand, like, I will, I will, I will have a, a beauty plan for them. And at the, at the bottom, I will write down what we talked about and what we kind of want to do. And then by listening to them, I'll say, okay, well, you've mentioned your tear troughs three times. That seems like it's a priority with you. And they're like, yes, it is. It drives me crazy. Good. That's number one. And then let's talk about your temples and let's talk about other areas and let's let's do that on your second visit. That's number two, that's our second priority. And I kind of go down and number them so the patients have an idea of, okay, I can do this one first and I can wait a month or two, whatever, it doesn't matter how long they wait. And then the next thing I wanna focus on is this and then this. And they know that there is a means to the end. They know that they're gonna look better next year than they look now. So there's kind of a reason to our, our plan, um, but it also tells them that we're not gonna make them buy everything all at once. It's not all money, it's let's go with you on this journey mm -hmm. and let's help you in your journey to just feel better about yourself. And that's, that's what we're doing, that's what, we're, that's what we wanna do. Yeah. And what we do with them is our brand. So if you wanna know how someone injects, you just go look at the staff in their <laughs> clinics. So that's kind of tells you kind of what that's their brand usually, yep. you know. No, it is. It, it it there's a balance of what you can do. I mean, I I get you you're going to get your patients like we have strippers that have come and seen you and they want a little bit more exaggerated lips. As much as sometimes I really don't want to cuz it's pushed out of that ordinary there's a balance of it. If you've talked to them, they understand that. They're like, this is how I make my living. So be it. It's not for me to judge on that aspect of it. I'm here to make sure that they're, um, that they're getting what they're looking for, that they understand what their uh, goal is. And so, you know, that is sitting down, communicating, having that right talk with the patient because that's that's important yeah. you know on the aspect of it being professional being ethical about it um and then you know it's up to you and your brand of who you want to work on and where you want to work on um there's no right or wrong in this field it's just understanding about that uh what else can we use yeah i think a lot of what we a lot of what we do is education so you know we really need to educate that patient on on 
on why we need to do what we need to do sometimes. So there are certain areas that we might need to treat first, like mid face before we do nasolabial folds or temples before we do, you know, a, a pre, pre irregular area. So there might be other areas that we might want to do, but it's really important to educate that patient thoroughly and make sure that you hear back from them that they understand yep. uh, what you're saying. Yep. So you're on the right page, the exactly. same page. Uh, losing sight of your artistry, of course, focusing more on profits, one size fits all approach. Kardashian. Uh, failing to keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you they know, everyone, everyone always talks to the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah but the, at the end of the day, they are trendsetters, and if they can buffer it down, they do look good. You yeah, know, they're, beautiful. They, they're, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. But and the problem is everybody's trying to look, have the same chin, jawline, facial structure. So every, we've got a lot of cookie cutter. You get a type. lot of cookie cutters. And unfortunately, that's life. Yeah. Everyone will want to be like you. Everyone wants to be like you, Lori. Not like me. <laughs> Not like me. Everyone wants to be like you. And so ultimately, there's a balance of, of, of that one size fits all. I think especially when you're first getting into the field, it is kind of that one size fits all approach sometimes in the beginning doing mm -hmm. the cheeks a certain way. And then hopefully as you're doing it and you're comfortable with where you're at, your tissue planes and getting, understanding what that filler is going to do for the patient, then you start to change it out and change the artistry based off of, okay, that looks good, but mm, that one actually didn't look as good in that type of a patient. And this is why I tell my, I tell my practitioners whenever I train them, put on some sun, dark sunglasses, sit at a busy, busy <laughs> mall and stare at people. Like this is your time to stare at people because if you don't stare at people, you don't know what really looks good. You know, when you walk, when you're walking around, you're looking at the mall, you see people, that fashion, how, what they did, how they put that together with those shoes and that bag and blah, blah, blah. That's what you should be thinking of when it comes to the face and body and all of that stuff, but more face because that's where we work on more. But, you know, how do the cheeks look? How, how does a guy different from a girl? What is it that attracts you to that girl, to that guy? What are those features? How is the lip symmetry? Where is the strength in the jawline? Um, versus the chin, the broadness of the forehead and all of this stuff. There's a lot going on and the artistry will not come into play until you spend time harnessing mm -hmm. and focusing on the artistry. I think people focus so much, so much on how to inject, which is great and you need to do that, but then they lose sight of the whole artistry. You know, at the end of the day, one of the things I tell practitioners when I'm training them is m you have to look at what we're doing as almost like what you do with makeup, mm -hmm. but it's a more permanent type of a makeup. You're, you're trying to create contours in the right place, highlights and contours and low level bronzing in certain places. Exactly what you guys do. Do you have a prescription? an exact way you're going to do your makeup for you versus your friend versus your mom versus a dad or something like that, are you going to paint the makeup the same exact way? Majority of guys hopefully will say no. And so when it comes down to that, are you doing that same thing for your patients when it comes down to their fillers? Hopefully you're changing it up and understanding V1, V2, V3, V4 ain't going to cut it. Those are basics and hopefully those are training wheels to get you to understand little things. But honestly, both her and I don't even teach off of that because that's not proper. There is no 
cookie cutter. If your face shape is longer or wider or blah, 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 you shouldn't be injecting in those same places. There's a conceptual aspect of it. Yeah, the apex is going to be over here for females. The apex for males is going to be a little bit more over here. There are conceptual things that you should know. This is why I try to bring up the idea of makeup artists because that is kind of what you guys are doing. You guys are doing a version of a more permanent makeup. And if you don't think of it that way, you guys really should start thinking of it that way. How are you going to change the overall picture? Because that's going to give you an overall understanding of how you need to educate yourself so that you can inject those areas so that you're not just stuck on a cheek and a chin or a nasal labial fold that you are injecting all over and you really are challenging yourself to really up your game and you know be careful but also push yourself a little bit because i think a lot of my practitioners get a little bit too comfortable sometimes and i need to kind of push and push and push <laughs> because ultimately my goal is to get you to be that makeup artist that can look at a patient and say yep we're going to do here 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 i already have in my mind what i think will look good and if that is what when i talk to the patient matches up it's an easy home run there if it doesn't then i shift my my beauty scale to what i think the patient is aligning towards and that's what I'm going to go for but that's where the communication starts to happen and really really understanding your artistry yeah and in the perception of beauty and artistry and facial balance changes and one thing that changes it is social media which is really interesting um, we have seen now that the perception of lip balance has been changed, that the 50-50 is normal in lighter skin <coughs> individuals yep. now. That's perceived as normal, whereas forever, until social media, it was a one to one and a third on light-skinned individuals. And on darker-skinned individuals, you had more of a 50-50 uh, balance. So now, more the lighter-skinned individuals are wanting a bigger upper lip, mm -hmm. and it's we're seeing it more and more. And as we're seeing it more and more, it's perceived as natural and balanced and normal. So it's interesting how the artistic perception changes as social media tends to change our perception. Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. Ultimately, hopefully, there are some key little key takeaways. You know, patients' concerns come first. You know, don't let your ethical lines blur. Mm -hmm. um, you know, figure out the whys of aging so that you can address all the different aspects of it. Wrinkles, sagging, you know, light reflection, important, super important to me is light reflection. Um, and then constantly learn, study, push yourself to get those these techniques down, these ideas down so that you can create the artistry that's the whole goal the whole goal isn't just oh i learned where the artery is i learned what muscle and what depth this is great now you want to take what you know as far as the the foundation i call it and now this is the time to play now's the time to create your art and if you don't take it to that level you're missing the key you're missing what this field is about, which is about artistry. It's helping your patients reach that level that gives them the confidence that exudes out so that they can go out and be great in society and do um, whatever they're meant to be. Yeah, so don't let yourself get stagnant. Uh, continue to learn. And you can even pick up some art books, some um, books on sculpting and things that will help 
you look at anatomy differently and look at the light reflection, um, look at what, what, you know, people say tear trough deficits or de uh, defects. They're not defects. They're just, mm -hmm. a four-year-old has a tear trough. Know what's normal and what's not normal so that we don't overcorrect so that someone's abnormal. If you can see fillers, if you can see um, soft tissue fillers and things like that, it's not a good job. Yep. If you can't see them, it's a good job. All right. So I think we have about five minutes, ten minutes for you guys to ask questions. And if there we, are any questions, we go want ahead. to mention. We want to mention that we still have. Um, we still have. We have our mentorship available. So oh. we have all tiers of our mentorship program available, and we really want to be here for you guys. Um, we realize that aesthetics is something that needs a mentor. You need education. You need to have education at your fingertips for whenever you want it. So there's three different levels. You've got aesthetic starter, and you can see there you've got 80 plus videos in the library, which will take you a long time to do. And you can step it up to the aesthetic insider, and you have full access to all the webinar library, welcome boxes, all kinds of fun stuff. And you get a discount on the trainings. And our flagship, which is the one that we hear about most, most that everybody just loves, is a Founders Club. Mm -hmm. You get 200 plus videos, 20% off trainings, a welcome box. Um, access to our community. We have a full webinar library and you get them for free. So the webinar is usually $1.99-ish a piece and you get those all for free. You get early access to all of our events and um, yearly in-person event. We have a live Zoom call with us, which is <laughs> fun. So uh, it's, it's uh, after AI Live every month. So we have a live Zoom call with our founders so that you guys can bring us your concerns. You can bring us your problems, your questions. Hey, this happened in the clinic today and I didn't get what, what happened. And we can banter it back and forth. We have KOLs in the Founders Club. We have newer injectors in the Founders Club. We have anybody who wants to learn um, and bring up their skills. So those are what we want to help to give to you. We want to offer that to you so that you can be better and safer at what you're doing and have more artistic outcomes. Yeah. Love cool. it. Cool. Yeah. Okay, anybody have questions out there? <laughs> we have a couple questions, a couple of minutes for questions if you guys have any. I know we're gonna be seeing you at Aesthetic Next Summit, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, anything, anything at all, you guys? Anything on the artistic injectables, cannulas, um, different, anything that you want as far as the artistic component, patience, Sometimes, where do you recommend a beginner start as far as courses? Well, oh. Lori, I'm going to tell you where to start. We're going to actually do a, another. Yes, yeah. but we're, we're that's a great one, Lori, <laughs> because we're actually probably going to do our next one actually about our next. Where do airline. I get into aesthetics? Where do you get into aesthetics? What you know, we've been in this field for a long time. What we feel has been great as far as conferences versus trainings, because. There's a lot out there, and you could spend a gazillion uh, dollars educating yourself. And I know there are people who don't get good education. Yeah. They're getting great education. They're getting too much education. Um, we're gonna kind of wade through the waters of the whole education world, and you know, and and discuss that at the next AI Live. But Lori can kind of. You want yeah. to take that on a I'm, little bit? No, I, I totally. We <laughs> our just class is great. <laughs> I, I was gonna say our course. I you know what. I hate to like pound a dead horse, but I mean, our Foundations of Advanced, Advanced Aesthetics course is, I think, by far, probably the most comprehensive aesthetic education you're going to get out there. And the, why do we know that? We didn't know that when we put together this course. Gideon and I put our heart and soul into this. We don't, nothing's trademarked, nothing's secret. 
every secret, everything we've learned, every mistake we've made is in these courses. So we want you to learn from what's happened to us and what we've learned along the way. So it's extremely comprehensive. And um, we know that because our students over and over and over will come to us and they will say, oh my gosh, I took ABC course and I didn't learn any of this stuff. And that happens over and over and over with many courses out there. So we're realizing that ours are mm -hmm. much more comprehensive than some others that are offered um, only by our students telling us that. So it makes us happy that, that they're good, solid courses and you get uh, continued education units for it and you don't need to uh, have a California license to inject in California because we are accredited, which is nice. Yeah, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't inject there. Yeah, you yeah, can you inject can. it because ours is undercover under CMEs. So you definitely come out, get hands-on experience. I think time on tissue is really, really important um, with regards to that. And so, uh, you know, just re research a lot of it. Uh, you know, we, we definitely put a lot of thought into how we created this program. We record it. We make sure on the days that you guys are injecting that we record it so that you guys can go back and actually rewatch the day. Because I know when I was in medical school, they recorded it while I was um, interviewing a patient. And then you would go over it and say, you missed this, you missed this, you missed this. You could have approached it this way, um, uh, asked the question this way that would have gotten you these type of answers and things like that. And so a lot of times you're in here, you're nervous already holding a needle, holding a cannula, whatever it is you're trying to learn and you're like okay i got it and you're just going through the motions of it but nothing actually sticks i mean even to this day when i go to training sometimes i'm like yeah i got that easy i, I i've been doing this for a long time and they go through it boom 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 and because i don't do it for like a couple of days i'm like <laughs> i forgot what they said i remember probably like 10 15 percent of it so the fact that our courses are there to really really be online available to you constantly so that you can continue to elevate your game and keep going back and rehashing it is is important and i think that that is what helps us um and we're, we're, our approach to teaching is always helping you guys understand why if you're asking questions why are they doing it this way and you're coming out of courses and not getting the answers to these whys that's where i think that's where we separate ourselves is we really try and help you answer the whys why are you doing this why you're doing this um get that so, critical thinking going yep. we want that critical thinking we don't want robots yeah um Esther, Esther where, where do you buy, buy cannulas airtight is airtight has a lot Miracue. of tsk cannulas if you want 23 gauge i would go to either Miracue or mint uh, but they all have Miracue, mint and and airtight a-i-r-t-i-t yep. have cannulas those are the ones that we like to use yeah uh, as far as i use all pretty much 23s and 22s yeah um kathy can you speak safe the differences between PRP, PRF when injecting, major concern is a VO. Um, yeah, you can get a VO with any of them, honestly. There's always a potential because of the cascading effect. PRP, I... I mean, keep in, keep in mind, this is plasma, and we, we withdrew it. We are drawing back in, and we're injecting it, and the, the blood already has plasma. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a really low risk. For an, uh, a vascular event, because yeah. you're, if it does go into the vessel, that's where it came from in the first place. So unless you're adding something to it, like calcium or something, which might be a little bit different. Yeah, the calcium kind of creates a cascade. I mean, maybe it's 
the VOs are going to be smaller than any smaller because it is your own blood product. So unless it clots right then and there or you're injecting it when it's become a clotted type of a factor, that's when you're going to potentially get more of a VO and it should be right where you injected yeah. it. And I would ask uh, aspirate, um, you know, aspirate yeah. it's like it's, well, it's like water. Yeah. So aspirate and um, you know, in a PRP, you should be able to really, it's yeah. yellow, so you should be able to get a, a very quick flashback, kind of like Sculptra. Yeah. So it should be pretty easy if you do get one. Yeah. Um, laser education courses. Amber, <laughs> such a good question. We were just talking about this tonight, and uh, we we're discussing the idea of kind of putting together a full-blown, like, laser course, laser classes, because yes. we notice out there that people are using lasers, and they're not really aware of laser physics. And it's, I think it's probably an issue. So yeah. um, I think we're going to be looking into that. We're going to figure out how to go about doing that. It's the hardest thing with lasers is that everybody makes their own lasers. Yeah. And everybody's power levels and technology is going to be slightly different, even though it's the same basic technology. So you should be able to understand it from a basic standpoint and then take how the levels are, uh, understanding fluence, understanding, um, you know, pulse width or pulse duration, um, all, all those things, and be able to tailor it to your machine. Um, so, you know, first is making sure that you do jump, just understand laser physics. Um, we do have a webinar, uh, Laser Physics 101. Yeah. If you haven't bought that or jumped into understanding that, that was a great just basic start on just basic laser understanding the foundations of it. You know, the, the hardest part is telling you, okay, this Pico wave versus this Pico Shure versus this, you know, Genius versus Microneen RF from Soulfirm and Vivace and Morpheus. There are still going to be slight nuanced differences between them. We can categorize it into a generality, um, but that's the hardest to me, that's the hardest part of teaching that on that yeah, aspect of it. And it's really important so to know. So, yeah, grab that webinar if you can, and that'll kind of help you understand what lasers see. It's important to know what they see to know how to treat things. So it's, that's, that's a good question. We're, we want to get on that. We're going to work on that. Veronica, we'll see you in Hawaii. Veronica, okay. if you wanted to sign up for foundations, of course, do we have to bring a model? It's always nice to bring a model. Yeah. If you can't and you really can't find anybody, reach out to our team and they may be able to help you find a model that would be um, available for you. But it's always nice to bring your own model so that you get a feel for it. You're able to see and follow out your patient and really be able to see what's going on. Um, so ultimately, uh, that foundations course, I, I really, really highly suggest, um, you know, coming in that one. We really, really handhold yeah. you through. If you can't make it to one of them, aesthetic, the aesthetic show is a great alternative or aesthetic next is a great alternative. You don't get to get hands on at those courses. Um, as you would do here at the Aesthetic Immersion. Um, so uh, definitely, uh, if you have any questions with regards to those, please reach out to our team. They can really help guide you through and help you wade through all the different <laughs> stuff that yeah. we have out there on we our... Have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of stuff yeah. that's going on. Um, even remember our tax... Oh, uh, our business. Our business <laughs> webinar. It was in, it's on tax day. It's on tax day, as it's told. So Perfect. April 18th. So <laughs> tax day. Just remember that. Tax day business webinar. Business tax webinar. day business webinar. <laughs> and it's free, free. Yes. <laughs> Pay free, right? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> our next AI Live will be next, uh, next month. Uh, what? 
May 2nd. May 2nd, 5 p.m. And we are actually going to talk about the aesthetic industry and education, how to get into it, all of those things. So if you have friends that have been wanting to get into this field, let them know. Let them know that we're going to be talking about it. Um, as always, this will go up on YouTube, on the Aesthetic Immersion channel. We are be a podcast, mm -hmm. all of those things. Vanessa, we will see you in Hawaii. Thank Yay. you. We're Aloha. excited for that. Um, other than that, thank you guys for joining us. For the founders, we'll see you in half an hour. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. Well, that was our AI Live podcast for today. Be sure to check out our other episodes. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.